hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Known to Ramble. On today's pod, we break down the upcoming Premier League season. After hitching my wagon to since-relegated Leeds United, Gotti is filling me in on who is must-watch football this season. We give a prediction of this year's relegation battle, as well as break down who we think is destined for Europa and Champions League. We finished the episode talking about where our different U.S. men's national team favorites have landed and where some might still land. All that and much more coming up here on Known to Ramble. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Known to Ramble. Uh, today, Gotti and I, we're going to sit down. We're going to talk some Premier League soccer. It's premiering. The Premier League is premiering this weekend. And uh, there's, I mean, we just got to get into it. We got to talk about where everything kind of finished last year. Uh, what are the chances of Man City pulling off the first ever four-peat in, a, in a Premier League history? Pretty high, I would say. Would- so. We'll, we'll get. I, I would agree. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun footy season. So you bef- you said you had some banter for me. Yeah, before we even get into anything soccer, though, I got to get I got to get your take on a local story. So a on local our, story, which on local? Our, Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, sorry, Dallas local, okay. and, and I know you know about this. So for some Dallas local news, at Sports Second Radio thirteen ten and ninety six seven FM, the ticket over the last Whoa. month and a half or so. There has been some uh, some play out over some contracts for uh, Jake Kemp and Dan McDowell and the wonderful midday show that is the Hang Zone. And after you know they couldn't really come to terms over some things, and after they had worked a week past their their original contract in good faith that it's going to kind of all come together. So basically, working a week for free, uh, they had three weeks of trying to make the contract, trying to figure stuff out, and never quite materialized and Jake and Dan are no longer on the ticket. They are now doing their own podcast called the dumb zone, which is awesome. It's hilarious. It's on Patreon. It is behind a paywall, but for the price that they're offering, you get like 12 to 15 episodes for like $6 and 90 cents. I know that's a funny price, but I think that's a great deal. I wanted to get your take on what you think is going on with Dan and Jake. Cause there's another twist to the story after that. So how, how did you think all that initially played out? I was impressed by Dan and Jake doing what they did as far as the extra week. I thought what Dan's done through COVID alone should get talked about more. Him opening his home, him literally like bankrolling the show. I, I and, think this and Jake was did the something same thing. really special. Yeah, and Jake, and, Jake and, was also bankrolling with him as a host. They, he, they talked I, about that on the Mom's Game podcast. I do. I, I think not a lot of that has been talked about, like what they've done, not for themselves, but for the rest of that hang zone team. Cause we all know radio is like poor man's world. It's not a real money making anything for the people working in it. Um, but I, I was really kind of saddened by the way the ticket kind of switched this and turned this against them. Um, I don't know. I'm, 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 like you, I, I think the Patreon thing is great. I don't think it's that expensive. I think Dan's doing a joke with the money part of it, but 
um, I think it's freeing for them as well. So what's the twist, though? Because I may not have heard the twist that you're talking about. Okay, so I, w- I think on Monday or Tuesday of this week, Cumulus came out and filed an injunction and a cease and desist against the dumb zone and basically were suing Dan and Jake saying that they're putting the same they're putting the same show that they did on the ticket on on you know behind a paywall or whatever and that you know the hang zone is the intellectual property of cumulus or whatever and that uh Dan's contract from way back in the 1990s that he signed basically had a non-compete clause for 6 months after uh after they ended and so Dan and Jake on their podcast they said that they've talked with a lawyer and they've been instructed they're doing nothing wrong. And first off, how is it a non, how is it a compete whenever you're on a podcast that is not on Dallas uh, airways and you already said you didn't want the show. You didn't want to pay him. You didn't want it. So I don't see how they're going to come to them. First of all, it's not terrestrial radio. It's not, it's not, it's not competing at all. It's a podcast. It's a paid podcast. So it's not something that's put out into the airwaves or into like, the Spotify realm for anybody and their grandmother to figure out how to listen. Like I finally got my parents to finally listen to our show, which is awesome because they had to download Spotify. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but I love the fact that like this has turned into a legal battle and I'm sure Jake and Dan love it too. Um, I think they're fully in their rights and I mean, they're going to win that argument. I mean, this, this is the same argument that's going on with the strike. The stuff on the internet is tough to figure out fellas uh, when it comes to lawyering. So it's not going to be something they're going to lose money on. The The big deal is for those of us that love to listen to them, um, it sucks that you do have to pay a little bit for it. But I kind of think like content wise, you know what? This is better in the long run. And I would say to some of the other people on that uh, channel, maybe you should look into doing something similar. I mean, outside of the musers, I don't know anyone on that radio station that honestly does anything of big significance. I mean, the rest of those groups of people could also do their own stuff. We saw another radio station in local talent uh, that has become quite a fun listen to as well, La Freak. The uh, the funny to thing be is, honest, I, I oh go ahead. I was just saying, and the funny thing with the like the ticket is, like you do have, like you said, you have the musers that are arguably the greatest radio show of all time. <laughs> it's just like they're so good; they're they're always going to be good. They're an institution. Yes, they run the mornings forever. But like you said, the rest of your shows have really been in flux. I, I'm not going to lie. I've been listening to the the Mino and Bass show. It's it's good. They're doing a good job with that. I like what they're doing. I'm not a big fan of the Donnie-Matt McLaren matchup. I don't under, I don't like bringing in the guy who's already on Cumulus's do- dollar from Alabama because you already kind of you know have him under contract and just kind of putting him with Donnie when – to me, the, per- the next person up should have been John- Justin Montemayor. Like the way that that guy's awesome on radio. He's hilarious. He brings the bits. That's that's kind of my next guy, personally. That and that. I mean, that's also what Dan and Jake were saying, where they were surprised that he got passed over. So, I. Uh, but the next twist is that yesterday, a judge came back and said uh, and dismissed the injunction and dismissed the cease and desist, saying that. Um, it did not meet the merits and blah, 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 and that, you know, they, they were within their rights to do the podcast. So they've already gotten some good news back on it and everything. I'm sure it's not over, obviously, but I do think it's hilarious that a show you said you didn't want, you then sent in a piece of paper to a judge saying, 
they're causing irreparable harm to us because they're so good. <laughs> I thought that yeah, was Yeah, they're ridiculous. taking listeners, Josh. I mean, it, it, that's what it's saying. They're taking listeners, which to be really honest, they are. That's how good uh, the show is. But uh, those listeners are not, um, they're not employees of Cumulus. They're people out in the earth that can listen to whoever the hell they want to. So go dumb zone or whatever they're calling themselves now. They are calling, yeah, they're the dumb zone. And another thing that we got from the dumb zone this week that's amazing is uh, Dan's daughters. He had them on to do like a little 15 minute <laughs> intro and they are hilarious. They were just cracking hit. They were just cracking him the entire time. It was so good. But some of the best drops of the last few years have been <laughs> yes. their British verbiage alone. And just them picking on their father is worth its own segment any day of the week. Anytime he says, anytime he says something like that, they think is pretentious or hor they immediately went British. So he was talking about like how he's got an LLC now, and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> do you know about business, bro?" <laughs> like it was hilarious. So I highly recommend that podcast as well. Um, that one costs money; ours doesn't. That's one plus us. That's all I'll say. And then, <laughs> but let's go ahead and dive into what we are here today to talk about. The Premier League is right around the corner. You've got me. I think this is going to be my third straight Premier League season. Uh, the first season, I kind of took it as time to to find my team. I was I was kind of watching as many games as I could, and I really enjoy. I mean, I really like Man City because of Pep Guardiola. I've mentioned that, but I really kind of got started getting behind Brentford in that first season because I liked their. Yeah. It was their first season up. Uh, you know, like I liked the whole. Uh, Thomas Frank or, um, and his whole system and all those players. And I was, you know, Ivan Tony was fun to watch. Then last year, Ivan Tony gets a, uh, <laughs> a betting scandal and he can no longer play. And, um, last year, you know, Leeds had a lot of American players. So I really kind of gripped onto Leeds and was trying to follow Leeds and see if that could work. And that failed miserably. So I got to, I got, and I watched every single game. That's how I was dedicated. I was trying to be a Leeds fan. And by the end of the season, they were relegated and all of the American players that I brought in, they decided that they wanted to be super racist towards them and talk <laughs> a lot of smack. And so it's hard for me to really want to stick with that team this year. So Gotti, I'm here. I'm hunting for a new team to get behind. I need you to tell me where my American players have gone. I, I've, I need you to fill me in. I'm, I'm lost at sea right now with leads in the championship Brentford losing Ivan Tony and Man City obviously is cheaters. So help me out. What do I do? Well, if you remember, the other team I told you that you should have been a, a follower of was Norwich, and they also have been relegated. So, you know, prior <laughs> season to that. So I, they didn't even make it through. So I'll be honest, my my uh my team choice for you might not be the best, but I will say I think the three teams coming up are interesting. I don't think you'll like any of them. <laughs> There's not really an American presence. In fact, one of them got rid of an American as their goalie, so I was kind of angered by that. But as far as where these Americans go, we've seen yeah, two big yeah. announcements. Uh, Burnley, uh, right? Wasn't Burnley? No, no. no um, Sheffield United? Yeah, their goalie was – no, Luttentown. The the Cinderella Club, their goalie was uh, Ethan Horvath, the a young American. I did not and, know that. Uh, he led them to this spot. They were um, in and got them promoted uh, for the first time in the history of uh, the Premier League. Lutton was 
Last time they were in top flight was the season before the Premier League started in 91, 92. So, so I so that's a fascinating story. Let's 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 talk about them for one second. The, from what I've read, this this is kind of like what Wrexham is trying to do. Like about nine, almost nine or ten years ago, yeah. they were they were in like I think the second uh the you know League Two, which is uh-huh. I think I think that's the last level of or that's the level uh that um Wrexham just got promoted to. So basically they were kind of in you know one of the as almost as bottom as you can be in the uh English, you know, professional football system and over the last 9 years they've gotten promoted and promoted and promoted and uh in that time they have done nothing to their stadium. <laughs> the stadium that they have is yeah, you get it, you know a little bit more about this. Fill me fill me in on what we can expect when we're watching a game in the Premier League on TV at Lutton Town. Well, it, you know, London and, and these areas, some of these areas in England have, you know, teams that are in like confined smallish places, you know, like take Fulham, for instance. Fulham's a major team. They've been in the Premier League for many years over the last few decades. Craven Cottage is not like a massive stadium in, in American eyes. It's almost like I mean, we have high school stadiums that are bigger than that place, like honestly. So there are places in the soccer realm that get these interesting reputations lutton town stadium gets a reputation for kind of the worst reasons it is a little shabby it is a little bit run down it's not like it's uh not kept up or done well or they're not a team that has pride uh but they're you know they're they're they have a community that's literally right around the stadium completely on their doorstep there's no expansion possibility um and there's a lot of like uh <laughs> There's a lot of hidden gems and videos of people sneaking into this stadium, which I can't wait to see them versus Man City and people sneaking on into the game. It's going to be ridiculous. It's going to have a kind of like the seats that are outside of Wrigley Field. We were talking a little bit about that. It's kind of an interesting comparison. I'm sure the homes that are surround the area can finagle their way to get some Airbnb money. I mean, Lutton Town's going to be a fun story. It's going to be talked about throughout the season. Um, it is the little Cinderella that, that, that could, the fun thing about the soccer is they share something similar to Brentford, Nottingham Forest. They're an offensive minded team. So they'll just throw themselves out there. So it could be exciting football. Now, are they good enough to keep up? No, I'm not going to recommend you follow this team. I haven't finishing like 19th. So don't, I, I wouldn't say this is Leeds. Leeds had prestige, history, money, um, and a really quality team. I don't think you can name a single and at the player time, on that town. And at the time, a coach. Yeah, and an exciting coach. And, I mean, that's one of the elements of the other two teams. Burnley's coach is a former Man City captain, Vincent uh, Company. Yeah, Vincent Company. Yeah, I saw I saw that, and I'm, I'm very interested to see his manager, managerial style. Uh, yeah, because he, I mean, he was a hell of a captain. So It says a lot when the players, the entire team, showed up I think seven days prior to when they were asked to show up. So, I mean, people want to play for this dude and it's obvious he's got an influx of players compared to the other two teams. Sheffield United hasn't spent any money. Luttontown made some moves. They in fact just signed Ross Barkley. You remember that player? Um, but Sheffield United's the other third team to be up and Sheffield has a lot of fun teams. Sheffield Wednesday. There's a lot of history in the Sheffield teams and stuff but a lot of it is lower divisional and a lot of it is soccer that isn't known outside of you know literally sheffield so i don't think you're going to be a blades fan or whatever and follow them um 
But these three teams up, the real big story is how crazy it is in town. And then, of course, uh, Vincent Company with Burnley. I mean, that's going to be exciting just to see him on the pitch. He's going to be one of those coaches we, we watch. And just to kind of put some of the things in perspective is like these teams that have just come up, the kind of money that they're spending versus the, you know, the, you know, even the kind of the middle of the table teams like Fulham and Brentford and kind of stuff like that, like Luttontown, this entire off season and new signings, they spent under $10 million. Uh, Sheffield mm-hmm. United in this entire off season spent under $5 million. And whenever you have, you know, Man City who's spending 77 million or 90 million on Josco Gavardi all alone. It's kind of like there's going to be there's going to be a giant talent barrier and that's why I think a couple years ago whenever like a team like Brentford came up even though it felt like they had that talent barrier, it felt like their just absolute will kept them in a lot of games and kept the and kept them going and um seeing how their their crowd rallied around them. That's one of the reasons I like the Bees so much. So uh, I'm excited to see how these kind of like these teams that, you know, you said have just come up, how how far can their, um, you know, fans, how, how far can their fans, how far can their stadiums, how far can their like home presence push them throughout the season? And let's not forget last year's three relegated teams, two of them were, were staples in the soccer community. Leicester City literally won the title seven years ago. It's a travesty. They went down. The year uh, before, wasn't Leicester? Leicester was like a top five, yes. seven team, six team. I mean, the like fact that? that they got relegated is shocking. The fact that yeah. Everton was in the relegation battle until the last few days. And in yep. fact, if Leeds had played a little bit better, we would have been talking about three top end teams, Southampton, Everton, and Leicester being relegated, which would have been historic. So there's those clubs above these three brought up teams that I think are in turmoil situations. I mean, Wolves just had their coach quit. <laughs> Julian left Wolves the days before the season starts. What does that say about your team, your 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 hopes? And they've sold half their players anyway. I mean, half their starting lineup from last year is somewhere else. Most of it's at Fulham now, or Brentford for that matter. So there are clubs that are imploding before our eyes, like Wolves, who I think will be relegated this year, which means one of these three teams – one of them will stand up most likely, and there might be another team that falls. I mean, we talked a little bit about Fulham. Maybe can't compete with where they did last year. And and you've got clubs like Brighton, who's going to be playing in Europa League. I don't know if they're going to be able to play that amount of games. Aston Villa is going to have extra games. They'll be playing Thursdays to Sundays. Um, there's, there's a lot of interesting stories and turmoil and changeover, and I do think we're going to see um, – you know, the regular teams up top, but the rest of the, you know, from seven down, Josh, you could see some wild predictions and some wild ending. Who's going to be relegated? Who's going to stay up? I mean, this could be a fun season as well as last year was. Yeah, it was, it was a really fun season. It was heartbreaking for me. Like I said, I was really following leads, watched every single leads game and freaking Patrick Banford couldn't finish anything and (laughs) drove me crazy. So, um, wolves. See, man, you you see the wolves having a very big fall. Not just the fact that their coach left; he was a great coach. He he kept them up. They should have been relegated last year, Josh. Let's be brutally honest. And then they lose Ruben Neves. They lose 
Raul Jimenez to Fulham, which is, oh man, that's a steal. Uh, they're losing too much talent. Connor Cody, their their captain, their leader, he left. I mean, he went to the championship, folks. Like, what, you're talking about guys who are leaving the Premier League to go play in a different situation. He's he, he was a leader on that club. That says everything you need to to know about the kind of inner workings there that must be chaotic. Um, I do think Wolves will be relegated. I think they're an obvious choice for that. Um, what's interesting is about what you brought up, Bamford. Last year, we had the most goals scored ever, a 1,000-plus goals. We had Erlen Holland set another record of 36 goals scored in the Premier League. The goal scoring matters, and teams that can't put the ball in the back of the net just won't make it. And there, there is statistics on like whether you allow goals as well, like the fact that Manchester City had the best defense last year as well says everything about how good of a team they are. But like a club like Luttontown, um, I just don't know if they have the firepower to to stay up. A, a team like, um, you know, Sheffield United certainly not. Like, where does Burnley get their goals? Where does where does Everton this year? Are they going to get goals? I mean, West Ham they're losing players. Ivan Tony situation in Brentford that is going to be a problem. And let's be honest, this whole gambling thing it's touched the NFL as well. This is something that needs to be talked about. You had clubs that had gambling companies on their jerseys. And yet Ivan can't go make a couple of bets about some other games that he was not even involved in. Like, you have to ask yourself, like, what is really going on? I mean, you've got a team in Las Vegas right now in the NFL, but you've got 10 guys that got cut from teams because they gambled. What are you saying about your league when you're openly gambling and your ESPN just turned into a betting site? Let's That needs to be talked about. Like uh, we're 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 taking these players' livelihoods away from them while we're allowing you know these teams to make money. I, there's a lot of turmoil there, and if I was Brentford, man, I'd be pissed. I'd be absolutely pissed because yeah. that team, Josh, they finished top ten last year. They could make Europe this year if they have Ivan Tony starting for him because he's that damn good of a player. By the way, yes, he he's yeah, and. His his aerial presence is insane. Half the time they just like to launch it up to him and try and see if he can get a couple flick ons the other guys. It's I mean it works. So after Wolves from last season, you know the next kind of three teams are three teams that I think are very interesting. Finish uh, Chelsea finished number twelve last year. Yeah. I mean people were in upheaval. People were so mad. Chelsea was terrible, and this is what you know eighteen months removed or sixteen months removed from being in a Champions League final. Not only that, it's the lowest they've ever seeded since I believe '94 so season. It I was mean, quite two the decades. Fall. It was quite the fall from from grace, really. And you can throw and, my team under the bus. My team will not even be playing in Europe. Granted, we made the top ten because we're still good, but like we won't be in Europe. Chelsea won't be in Europe. That's massive news. These are two teams that were in the top six for decade plus, two decades. So Chelsea to try and fix that situation goes and gets one of your favorite managers, one that I know that you love and that you were hoping would come back to your team, and that's uh, Pochettino. And he, while he's there, he sends out like 150 to 200 million worth of contracts. He sells people. He sells all these players, Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, Christian Pulisic, Ruben Loftus-Cheeks, Kalidou Koulibaly, Mateo Kovacic, uh, Eduard Mendy, 
Ethan Ampadu, and then not to mention a ton of just uh, f- you know free signings, loans, end of loans, ter- terminating contracts. He basically goes in and says to half of the team, "You're gone." And then he, uh, in the same time, he brings in a, he basically brings in like five or six new people. And, um, I know that you're a big proponent of him. I want to, I want to hear your, in, uh, your input on, on what he, do you think that, uh, Pochettino can turn it around for Chelsea and get them back in Europe? I do think there is a, a, a talent in great managing, um, a, a guy like Carlo Ancelotti is a manager who has changed the face of soccer for teams. I mean, uh, he's a, a he's a winner on every level. Potticino is fascinating because he didn't win at Tottenham. We didn't win under him. But his ability to get the play out of the players that he got from a, a son, from a Harry Kane who continuously scores goals, and this year probably will do it again if he doesn't get you know sent over to Bayern Munich. But I think Potticino, yes does equal wins. Now, I think it'll keep them way better than 12th last season, but I think the upheaval and the turnover and the fact that 10-plus players from this squad are gone, and the one name you didn't mention, N'Golo Conti, the moment that guy kind of got injured last year, Chelsea sucked anyway. The fact that he's now playing in Saudi Arabia is going to be a massive hole for Puticino to fill. Now, it's interesting because they just signed an American, by the way, Tyler Adams, and he happens to play in Golo Conti's position, Josh. I think if you are looking for a team to jump on, as much as I hate to say this because I didn't like Chelsea never have, they're on the posh side of England. They're kind of where Nottingham, uh, that movie with Julia Roberts is. Like they're the posh little punks in Chelsea. Like, But if you want an American to follow, Tyler Adams going to Chelsea is a, a great move. And I think under a coach like Potticino, man, he turns you know players into diamonds. It's It's what he does. Another rumored player who also plays the same position as Golo Conti and Tyler Adams, who's been rumored, and they're still working on a deal trying to get him, is the uh, this, uh, Honduran from the World Cup, uh, Moises Caicedo. From Brighton, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. The, yeah, it's a big money move. I mean, we're talking $80 million compared to $20-something million for the buyout True. clause. But uh, nonetheless, a player that I really, really like. Moises Casado is incredible talent. Yeah, um, I would don't be really like, fun to watch him. I hope he doesn't sit out. I think Brighton needs him. I kind of hope he stays. And now that Tyler is in Chelsea, here's my thing with Chelsea: Are they going to have a resurgence? Are they going to be a top four? I don't think so. It'll take Potticino a season. He's got to figure out this club. I don't even know if he knows his captain. I think he announced it as uh, uh, Reese James. Uh, how does Reese even start on this club? I don't even get that. It'll be so, Tyler Adams in a year. Mark, no, I mean, it, but it, it could be like Potichino loves those warriors. Tyler is a warrior. He is True. a, uh, you know, like uh, Hoiberg and, and those like mean guys at Tottenham. I think Adams could be that player. I, I feel like that's one of the, that's one of the things Greg Berhalter did get right was making mm-hmm. Tyler Adams the captain for the world cup. I did feel like it brought it. It set a tone of we're, we're going to be, a, we're going to be physically demanding and physically aggressive and we're not going to back down. Versus, if if you give the captain captaincy to Christian Pulisic, it's totally well deserved. It's not like he didn't deserve it, but I don't think that sets the same tone that a Tyler Adams captaincy does. Exactly, and I, I you know I have Chelsea as far as my ranking. They sneak back into Europe. I have them at seventh as my finishing spot. I think- okay, okay. So, kind of in that 
so in the in the space where they would be rising that would put in teams kind of like fulham crystal palace brentford aston villa aston villa is a team that i think could be better this year the one problem is right now one of their uh defenders they're they're trying to sell him to man city for 70 million dollars you know but that team's loaded they brought in telemans from leicester which i like he's a talent i think they're bringing in a Pau torres the center back from spain is a huge move that kid's a stud and a beast um i i, I love astonville i got to see them up close against fulham um when i went to uh, the soccer game um and I, I man i like that team i love their coach uh emery i think he never got the love that he should have gotten i i have aston villa they finished seventh last year they bumped tottenham i think they get up into europa league this year i haven't finished fifth i love aston villa this year nice so one team that kind of played spoiler to a lot of teams last year like uh, they played well against Man City, had a good game against Arsenal, um, was Crystal Palace. And I'm interested how they're going to handle, you know, their their big man, their big guy leaving. And that was Zaha, uh, Wolfred Zaha. So he's gone. They do have a new coach. I, I believe they have a new coach. Um, well, Roy Hudson got re-signed. He was the guy, the, the old uh, guard coach. He's the little old gotcha. man that everybody loves. Okay. Um, he was able to bring in his full team, so it'll be the Roy Hodgson show. Will it last the full season? Oh, I don't know. His history says no, um, okay. especially when you lose Zaha. Zaha going to Galatasaray? What the hell? <laughs> like, how does that talent end up in Turkey? No, no offense to Galatasaray. That's a that's a quality team. They have a great history, but that talent, that player, what? Why? What? What? what how does he not end up somewhere better? Um, yeah. But I think that team's loaded. They're, they're African contingent of players. There's like four of them that are starters. That group of kids is nasty. And as much as we love Zaha, man, they've got those two studs on the wing that are just as deadly. I, I, I like Crystal Palace. I have him finishing right at 10th place. I like Roy Hodgins. He's a, he's a fun coach. He's a, a player's manager. Players love that old dude. And I think he lets him play football the right way. I like them. Okay, I feel like now is your moment. Oh, Tell me, talk about my team. Where is your team? So, so, so Tottenham finished at finished wow. in eighth last year, right outside wow. of Europe. I know that was a big disappointment for all Tottenham fans. Um, it cost first, us Pudicino, Josh. I think. You, so I you think, think it cost us our coach. So you think he's coming back to Tottenham if they make it into Europa? Yes, I do. So, I think he wanted European glory because I think he could win with that team and I think the fact that he didn't come here and any other coach of like Merrick didn't even look at the club because so we weren't uh, in Europe. So why did he go to Chelsea then? Because Chelsea also didn't wasn't in Europa. Chelsea is technically lower on the table. Is it that he looks at their talent and he thinks it's younger and and he's more excited about that? Or is what what do you what do you think? Uh, if I had to choose between an American who spends money like it's, uh, you know, peas or something compared to Daniel Levy, who, yeah. who's got the tightest ass we've ever seen. Like, Very true. I'm sorry. If you're Portuchino, you know what it's like to be under Daniel Levy for five years. You don't bring in anyone. You go to Chelsea and you make one statement and they bring in seven players for you. Like, there's a big difference between the money spent. He didn't look at Europe and Chelsea, but you know what he did look at? Oh, I can spend $800 million. Yeah. So 
so for Tottenham, <laughs> you now have who's who's the coach now? So his name's Einge. He played. He was the manager at Celtic last year and won the league. He's great. Uh, he is. No one's really kind of heard of him. He's been in the the thing. He's a another players love him. The Celtic players really loved him. Uh, Tottenham is a club that I think they've they had a turmoil blow up when Hugo Loris did whatever he did last year and melted down. I'm not sure where this club goes. Harry Kane going to Bayern Munich is a very tricky situation. It's been accepted. It's just a matter of does he go or not. If I'm him, I don't go because I'm trying to break a record of Alan Shearer. But I'm also looking at the situation like I don't have European player, but that might mean I get to just score goals at Tottenham. I hope he stays. If he does stay, might mean I do he can think stay Tottenham jumps back in. Might exactly. mean he can stay, stay healthy for a full season because he's not having to play in all those extra games and he wasn't that far off holland last year he scored 30 plus goals last year let's not forget that like harry kane is just as good a goal scorer as holland the only difference is that he's not you know 10 years younger or no, he's not really that much older five years younger and you know with the blonde How old hair there's a little shorter yeah he's turning 30 soon or something I don't know. Got isn't holland kids, 19 leave him alone isn't holland 19? i don't know he's he's 11 years 24 20, i don't know this is a little, <laughs> let's st- stop making fun of my team <laughs> Okay, so, well, here, for your team, you guys brought in uh, James Madison, who, from what I read whenever they first signed him, everyone was making it like the, uh, this is exactly what they've needed since Christian Erickson. Ever since, it, yes, he is, a, he is a smart, intelligent center attack mid who knows where to put the ball for people to score goals. He's a great mind for the game. He's also young. He's 27. Uh, he's hungry. And any of those guys from Leicester, Telemans, Madison, any of those dudes who've left Leicester for another team, that's good. If your team got a Leicester player, you got a steal. I'm telling you, all of them. Every last one of them fools is good. You guys got – you held on to Kulikevsky. You kind of finished or uh, completed that. I think Dayhan the, the Warrior. Line. You know I've been yeah. calling him Dayhan the Warrior for a long time now. He's good. Good. Yay. Yay. No, he's a, he is awesome. He plays great. Um, you got Pedro Poro. I don't know much about him. Portuguese, I yeah, I would like to see him stay. He's great on the wing, but I think it was more important that we had the the old man leave. Perisic uh, went and left. We needed to kind of get rid of that blood on that side. The the bigger signing that I love is my Israeli, Manor Solomon's coming on board. He's another attack midfielder that gives us a goal-scoring threat. When he was uh, in Ukraine, he could put the ball in the back of the net. Plus, he's a fiery midfielder. I like him. I don't know if he's a starter, but Josh, he's going to be like Lucas Moura, the Brazilian okay. that we've had. I think he's going to be a similar guy. He'll come in and you know spell some of the attack mids. If Sun gets a little tired, he can play in that position. Manor Solomon's going to be a good signing. And then our big thing was our goalie. We replaced uh, Loris and, and uh, Forrest and all these old guys with uh, one of the real standouts in the Italian league for Impolio. Uh, Vicario, our goalie, uh, that dude's an unknown stud and he's hungry and he already looks like he's going to be a solid guy for us. I think he's one of the real steals of the season. Him and Onana going, um, to uh, Man U. Thank you. Uh, those two goalies are, are legit. I don't like Man U this year, um, because they still have Harry Maguire, but, um, I do he's- like Onana. There's a there's a uh, thing saying that right now West Ham is trying to trying to get him and uh, Tomine at the same time for this for like a joint price. 
Yeah, I would if I was Eric Van Hog, I would literally drive both those idiots straight over to the West yep. Ham Stadium and leave I'd be like, them I'll there. take you. Well, if I'll, you're I'll West Ham, for, I don't know why you make that move. Harry I'll Maguire. Pay for the I wouldn't. Oh God! If oh, if Maguire, where, wherever he ends up, that team is going to be bad. He's he is literally so. For any basketball fans, Shaq, <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> Shaq used to do Shaq in a fool, and there was a player who ended up on every Shaq in a fool that ended up on the Mavs as our biggest offseason signing about a year ago, named Javale McGee. Oh, and everything Javale McGee puts on tape looks terrible. Everything every. Every highlight of JaVale McGee is a low light. I feel like Harry Maguire is the JaVale McGee of the Premier League. Is that is that a safe comparison? That's not that's not respectful. Harry Maguire is a stud before he gets the menu. He's a legit <laughs> big defender. Uh, JaVale was never that great of a player. He just happened to be seven foot tall. Don't disrespect I think Maguire the Denver was, days. <laughs> <laughs> he did dominate in Denver. For, yeah, whatever. Uh, you know who he, you know who he is? He's Rudy Gobert. Ooh, polarizing he He's a badass defender when he's playing in small little Utah when no one knows him. The moment that kid makes money, he looks like a moron. Okay, so he's, and the way that I kind of describe it is he is very polarizing because to people who like him, he, like you said, he is defensive player of the year three times, mm -hmm. you know, like absolute stud. He's to a big who, beast, Josh. To those of us <laughs> who don't like him, we say he gets... He gets played off the floor when it really matters. You can't keep him on the floor in the playoffs. And so that's, yeah, I, I agree with you. He's he's an outstanding defender that you don't trust in the least with a big game. He's totally Rudy Gobert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break and let's come back that, and then we'll talk about the Europa and Champions League spots. We'll, we'll try and hit seven to one here on Known to Ramble. A rich man's All right, Gotti, let's talk about the top spots in the Premier League. Last year, the top here, I'll, I'll just kind of refresh everybody's memory from one to seven. Uh, so the first four are the Champions League spots uh, Man City, Arsenal, Man United, Newcastle. I was surprised that Man United kind of was able to turn things around once uh, Eric Ten Hag was brought in. Um, they kind of really skyrocketed. And then Newcastle skyrocketed ever since they got that good, good Saudi money. <laughs> And uh, they've just been flying up the, the, the charts. And then in uh, the Europa spots, we had Liverpool, which missed out on um, Champions League by one spot. Uh, Brighton, which I, I, man, I felt like they were, they were kind of one of the surprise stories last year. And then uh, Aston Villa. So we've already kind of, some of these teams you've already talked about, you think they're going to fall a little bit. What, what, give me, give me your three uh, Europa spots and, and tell me a little bit about those teams. So, I have my three spots are Chelsea, Tottenham, Villa. So I have Chelsea creeping up from 12th place up to 7th. I think they're going to um, revitalize themselves under Puducini. We talked a little bit about them. I love what Tottenham has done in the offseason. I think they've had secretly uh, my favorite uh, top top three uh, offseasons. Um, I think they're going to get back into Europe. I think Harry Kane's going to blow up if he stays. If he doesn't, I like Rickarlson stepping up anyway. So I like this team a lot. Um, I just don't know if we're going to get any further up. 
I like Villa a lot. Um, I think them not playing in Europa and playing instead in the lower conference play will help them because they're going to be one of the top clubs in that thing. So they may actually win that, which would be hilarious. Um, I think Villa is going to be a club to watch. I like Unai Emery a lot as another manager to watch out for. I think that team is stacked. I've seen him up close. Um, and our good buddy Ken Jones, that's his team, by the way. So for the teams you follow, Ken's club is Aston Villa. Okay. Isn't um, um is the the you know the kick around boys, isn't one of theirs Aston Villa? I believe so, yeah. Um not one one is Liverpool and the other one's Villa. Is did they have some American presence in the past or something that you know, or is has there ever been is there a tie, a reason why we um, know so many people? I mean Villa's Aston had Villa? American presence. It's not as like standoutish as like a Fulham or Tottenham even. Like Tottenham had like Dempsey and stuff. Um, I think people like Villa because, A, the villains, it's a cool nickname, but, like, the the clariat, the look, is a very English look. Like, 12 clubs have that. Yeah, super, mm. the, that maroon, yellow, yeah. that maroon, yellow, and, like, baby blue. Like, yeah. al- almost West Ham has the same thing. Yeah, uh, the Bur- clariat Burnley. look is, is, is a, like, a famous uh, look and feel. And, and Villa is, you know, it's a London team, so it's, you know, the London teams get a little bit more pub by the london you know the daily and all the papers there um so i I think villa is an exciting team plus they're not west ham west ham gets joked on villa gets liked that makes sense yeah because west ham let's west ham they're west ham you know where they are in england on the east side of town because they're idiots (laughs) i mean that's kind of the joke like villa is kind of a more beloved team and a team that always seems to overachieve we're like teams like west ham and chelsea last year and Liverpool before their resurgence, Liverpool was just as bad as Chelsea last year until the last 11 games or so. They went on 11 game unbeaten streak. Man, Liverpool getting to fifth. Yeah, is they were incredible. bad last year. They were, they were bad terrible, last year. Josh. They I were. thought I thought Klopp was going to get fired at one point. Like, I did too. It's crazy. I did too. So I, I think Liverpool getting to fifth was impressive. I have them creeping up into my top four. They're my fourth place team before I re- reveal okay. my top three. Okay, so really I have quickly. one of the top four going out of the top seven. If so you want me, me to jump there, let me word let me word this to you. So, of Man City, Arsenal, Man United, and Newcastle, the four from last year, you said you have one of them falling outside the top seven. Yes. What what team is that? Oh, sweet Man United. You guys are jokes. Let me explain why Man United will not do well. First of all, I like Onana. I think he's a great goalie. I don't know if he's better than David De Gea. David De Gea is a machine. And I know people clown on that guy, but that dude gets clean sheets like you wouldn't believe. He's always in the running for the the goalkeeper of the year. I, I think that De Gea leaving is a big deal. I also think this team has a lot of, like, Good talent, but I can't name a striker on that club. Like, I'm not impressed by Man U's signings. They brought in this kid, uh, Rasmus, as their, like, unknown striker. Uh, he's not Robin Van Persie, in my opinion, or he's not someone like Ruben Nistoroy. So unless he's a, a, a wonder kid, you know, Holland going to Man City was a move. Man U bringing in Rasmus is like, what? Um, and then they – so I've I've gotten to see a couple of their, like, friendlies over – the summer and obviously it's it's too early to make any judgments but mason mount looks just as lost at man u as he did at chelsea and i it for like how he was playing for chelsea it kind of made 
I, it didn't really make as much sense to me that they were ready to drop 55 million on Mason Mount because really that they, they spent money on two people and then everybody else was, uh, like an end of loan or, you know, free agent or some, uh, or free agent signing or something like that. So I'm a little confused by man United as well. And also they're going to be in the champions league. They're going to have a lot of soccer to play. Eric Van Tog doesn't have a deep team. I think Manu's issue is the opposite of what Newcastle, Arsenal, and Man City did. They brought in more players. They brought yeah. in better talent. All those three teams impressed me in the in the the window. Manu didn't do anything. Onana was the only signing I like. I hate the Mount Mason Mount. I don't know why he left Chelsea. He was a stud for that team. He's going to look terrible on the wing out there. He doesn't have a striker up top. Rashford doesn't know what position he wants to play, or they don't know where to play him. I mean, there's a lot of holes in that team. And you know what? I have them at eighth. I have them outside of Europe because I just don't trust this team. And in fact, I have Brentford at nine, and I damn near wanted to put Brentford in front of them. Oof. Oof. And that's without Ivan Tony playing. Okay, so you said that you have Newcastle. I'm, I'm assuming Newcastle, Arsenal, and Man City in your top three? Yes. Okay, so let's start with Newcastle. I'm, I'm assuming that's number three for you. Yes. Okay. I, I really, I really like Tonali. The you know they're, yes. they're big signing. I think that kid's a stud. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to be massive for them. And you know, I losing Saint Maxim. Uh, he was he was kind of like, I would describe him almost as their like kind of soul. Like he was he's been he's been as long as I've known about Newcastle for the last three or four years. That's the guy I think of when I think of Newcastle. And yeah. so it's interesting to see how that kind of changes their identity. Um, but yeah, bringing in a guy like Tonali, uh, that Italian is an absolute beast. I'm excited to see that. And they had a good striker, Izak, the Swedish tall, uh, kid who was their striker. I think he's going to step up this year. I thought he played really well last year and got some nice goals. He just didn't, he didn't fit in as well. And I think he's going to finally fit in. And I like the other veteran they brought in to replace St. Maxim on the outside. They brought in Harvey Barnes. He's a great veteran winger. Um, I like Newcastle. I, they have money, Josh. They have a lot of money, and they spend it well. They've got a good group of managers um, that really know what they're doing. I think Newcastle is impressive. I didn't want to like them. I really didn't want to like them. But they also have an amazing stadium, an amazing fan base. Like their 12th man is no joke. Like they are legit as far as like when you go to St. James, you feel it. And Newcastle is like Pittsburgh. It's like Steeler country. It's like, these are like hardcore people that go to these matches. Like you'll see the dude who looks like he's 400 pounds. that has Newcastle tattooed on his stomach. Like, <laughs> man, you know, that's the type of team you're getting with Newcastle. It's not a finesse team. And that's why the players they bring in sometimes can be a little ruggish and kind of like Canali. He's, he's an Italian, but man, he's a beefy, mean Italian. He's like a gangster. <laughs> Really? I mean, he's a nice kid, but like he plays mean. I love Tanal. Yeah, I'm excited for him. Um Okay, so that leaves that leaves your top two spots. Is it the same as last year or or does uh, well, Arsenal jump into first? Okay, I okay, I like Declan Rice signing. I think they spent a little too much money for him. I have been impressed by these bastards in North London. I really hate this team. You know how much I hate them. I know. But Mikel Arteta is Pep Guardiola. (laughs) He's He's young Pep. He's He's young young Pep. Pep. 
he was a better player than Pep. And Pep was a good player. Mikel Arteta was a better player. So he, I think he speaks to the younger talent even more. I think Asaka looks at Arteta and thinks, I'm getting taught by one of the great presences of soccer. I think the kids of this club are scary. I think they're a year away. Because I think Pep Guardiola comes back for one thing, and that's history. Man United was a single point away in 2009-2010 season. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Sorry, sorry. My bad. My bad. In 2009-2010, they lost by one point to Carlo Ancelotti's Chelsea, which Drogba was on that team, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, But that Man United team was amazing, and that was kind of the end of the run of the Ferguson era. Pep's legacy to break that, to be the fourth straight Premier League championship team, it's the only reason why you come back after a treble. Because I'll be honest, Pep can go anywhere. Paris Saint-Germain would have spent the money to bring Pep in if he wanted to go and do Paris. If he wanted to go anywhere, I think he could. I, I don't know if he'll go to Saudi Arabia, thank God. But, you know, like if you're Real Madrid and you don't do well, or you're Barcelona next year, maybe you sell out the world. But, yeah, I'm going Man City. They've got Holland. They've got the best offseason. Uh, the fact that they stole Mateo uh, uh, Kovic from Chelsea, that's their best player. Uh, from Chelsea last year with Mateo Kovic and the fact that he's going to be starting for Man City. How did they get better when they lost Ilker and uh, uh, Mahrez to, to, he went to Saudi Arabia. The team got better. I, and the fact that they brought in the single best defender in the world right now is stupid. To uh, the we best were talking about this last team. year. Yes. Who allowed 33 goals last year. They got better guys. They already had Rodri. Now they have the best, interior defense maybe ever assembled. So here, I'm going to play devil's advocate for one second. What do you say to the idea that last year, Man City had to come from behind to kind of uh, to, to get that first place spot? And I would say it was probably the last three weeks or four weeks where they finally jumped him in the standings. And at that point, you know, they were holding on. They weren't going to lose it. Um but what do you say to the fact that a lot there's some people who say that last year the reason that Arsenal ended up falling off and losing was just that they they didn't have the depth to compete all season at that high level and do what they needed to do whereas whenever you're now looking at who they brought in versus who they left or uh who left it looks like they've got extremely deep they added you know like you said Declan Rice they added defense and Jurian Timber uh Nuno Tavares is staying Florian Balogun staying uh, they added Kai Havertz, who um, is a great player. I'm not, you know, he's not one of my favorites, but you, you, talented player. Um, what are your thoughts on a team that was already very, very good getting deeper, just like you said Man City just did? I know that, you, you know, you have Man City going in one, but do you, do you think there is any chance that the the depth that Mikel Arteta has added at Arsenal could pay off? It really depends. Mainly, I don't think it's a depth question. Um, I do think the Timber signing, uh, Juran Timbers, is a very underrated signing. I think that guy I like him name a lot. people a lot. Um, I, I think the problem is Manchester did it better. Like They also replaced all of the players that left. They did more than that. They went and got better players. I think outside of Declan, I don't know if I'm going to see a different lineup. Whereas when I look at Man City... I'm literally seeing three new starters on that club, and that is crazy. Um, so the the only issue I see in that 
is the turnover there, like staying as a tight unit. Maybe Arsenal can stay the course. I don't think that they lost it last year. I do think Man City was going to catch them anyways. I just think they lost it a little bit earlier. I thought Arsenal was going to implode the following weekend, to be brutally honest. You thought it was that gonna, was the real game. You thought it was. Gonna I thought come they were going to lose two. to Man. Yeah, um, I think Man City is going to do better than eighty-nine points. Also, though, I don't know if anyone's going to touch this team. I think they're that much better, and I really like Declan Rice. I think he is that talismanic missing piece, but missing piece when you're facing a historic team. Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson had historic teams that outshine some great Arsenal clubs that Arsene Wenger had as well, and some Liverpool clubs and some other teams like Chelsea. I think Man City is at that level, Josh. I think they're just another level above everyone. I like Arsenal. I think it'll come down to them too. Um, honestly, I just every everything when I look at it player to player and I look at the coaches, and you're talking about the maestro versus you know his his student. It's his, the same yeah, argument. His, his disciple. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing. But I think the difference is when I look man for man, Holland's the best striker. You know, uh, Gervold is the best defender. Mateo Kovic is the best midfielder with Rodri being the, the other best midfielder. Like every position, I just give it to the Blues. Um, but I do think Arsenal and Man City will go down to the last weekend this season, and that's going to be worth it. Okay, so one way that I was kind of hoping to wrap things up here is as as a person, you know, as a United States men's national soccer team fan, one reason that I do like watching the Premier League is because we get to see some of, you know, our favorite players play, you know, every week. Uh, hit me with hit me with the teams that we need that if you're just a US men's national team fan and you're wanting to get caught up on, you know, Tyler Adams on uh, Jedi Robinson. Like what what teams in the Premier League should we be watching for for that American influence? Let's stick with Fulham. Uh, not only Jedi, but also Tim Bream. That defense Absolutely. is built on the, the back of American players. Um, they also have Raul Jimenez to give a little love to the Mexican players out there. So a North American love fest uh, for Fulham, I think, deserve. Plus, I think Fulham is a team that can be uh, really good or they can be mid-level. Like It's a great, fun watch. Um, and, and their history with American players is very rich. Clint Dempsey alone, uh, Brian McBride, there's a great, rich history there. So Fulham would be my top team. That's a team I hope you'll 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 become a follower of. I, I like Fulham. Um, I also like Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth's a team. There's not really an American presence, but I think that's a fun team. They seem like an underdog team. Like they seem like a club that Americans can get uh, behind that shouldn't be winning, but somehow do. Uh, Brightness similarly on that level. But if you're talking about Americans and and what team to follow. And, and the, the fact that their name is kind of interesting, I think Nottingham Forest is the club for everyone out there. The fact that they just signed our, honestly, our most beloved American right now, Matt Turner, in goal. Uh, I think it's a big statement. Um, I like him there. I think he'll be a, a legit top 10 goalie. I think he'll be battling. I think Nottingham Forest, I have him at 11th. Um, I, I like the team. I like that club. I like Steve Cooper. He's a goofy-looking guy. And the fact that it's Sherwood and it's Robin Hood, and you know, like that whole fun atmosphere adds something unique to it and the fact that we've got our american there um i really like Nottingham force in that sense 
Um, Chelsea with with Tyler. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of interesting clubs. West Ham might be able to pull some Americans if if they can get another defensive mid maybe over there from Juventus. Maybe West Ham's a club to watch out for if they can get our boy Weston. Um, there's a, Americans that haven't yet moved like Weston, and I want to see where McKinney ends up because I do think he's going to end up in England in the top flight, and I'd like to see him have a redemptive moment in England. I thought it wasn't fair how he got treated by Leeds. And not the racism thing, that's all BS, but the, the he never got any love there before yeah. it became racist. So um, I like that. That where he could end up. Um, but as far as a team, Nottingham Forest, that's the team I think that Matty Turner and Nottingham Forest is a great story. Well, nice. I mean, I feel like I'm pre- I feel like I'm ready to go. We have uh, games kicking off this weekend, and I'm going to be ready to jump in, record some of these. Unfortunately, watch them on Peacock. Ugh. But I'm excited. I can't wait. Um, Technically, it starts tomorrow. Friday football. Ooh, well, yeah, hey. one game tomorrow. Uh, so what's the what's the kickoff? Uh, it's like three p.m. It is. Let me get my calendar out. <laughs> I have it on September, not August. <laughs> in August. Uh, it is two forty-five, and oh yeah, it is. Or three p.m. Burnley, Man City. Vincent Company going home to Man City. Oh, that's a good storyline. What a to way watch. to open the season! Exactly, that'll be awesome. Yes. he's got a statue outside the uh, outside uh, the the Etihad, so a deserved um, statue. Oh, that absolutely. Dude is. You talk about Harry Maguire being a beast. He's got nothing on Vincent Company. <laughs> so, yes, I'm ready to go. I'm. Thank you for for filling me on everything I need. Uh, thank you for being the soccer guru that I needed today. Oh. And uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to jump in some Premier League. To, to all of our listeners, thank you for stopping by. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at known the number two ramble. Uh, make sure to check us out on VX. So is it VX or on X? I think it's the button you hit to delete. X. <laughs> the top left. So uh, uh, make sure to catch us on X uh, at K the number two R pod. And uh, as always, thank you guys for stopping by. Retweet.